And welcome back to another episode of the Fantasy Take TV podcast. My name's JD, and I'll be running the ropes today. Joining me, of course, is Anno and George. How are you boys doing today? Good, JD, Good. mate. How are you? Yes, very well. Thank you very well. A lot to get through today. We've got uh, injury updates, the shake-up at GWS, what's going on with the dogs and their forward lines. Footies are falling behind me. Humpty Dumpty's doing some magic back. <laughs> oh, there he goes. Oh, no, he's gone already. <laughs> I, would have, I would have pegged him for over 10 minutes, poor Humpty. Um, we'll go through trade-in targets on each line. Rookies traded in and out. Buy talk, as always, um, at the moment. Captains, Q&A. And uh, a bit of banter along the way. But before we get stuck into a very busy agenda, which we're going to say we'll try and do under an hour, we will fail miserably at. Uh, Eno, we're going to start with one good thing, one bad thing from the weekend as I repair Humpty Dumpty and put all these pieces back together again. Uh, sticking it to Supercoach, the good thing was Captain and Clary, I think. Like, it was really big positive for a lot of coaches this week that went with it. Sorry, George, to rub it in already. But, um, like mm. I missed the Neil 190 at the start of the year. That was like a you know 80 point swing or something, or maybe 60. But at, you know it was a big swing this week. 178 with McRae going 104, and then most people's backup Neil going just a flat 100. That was a big positive. So I mean I VC'd him because Bruce was out, but I was actually going to be straight captaining him anyway because um, I had no loophole until that point. So. Uh, that's the positive, and then another one is probably holding cogs, but we'll talk about that later. And then a negative for me is Rory Thompson going down. It's just really annoying. Um, just only needed him in two weeks' time in round 13 or three weeks' time, but um, we won't be getting him. He, he'll be out. So, um, yeah, that's probably the negative. What about and you, George? A good captain, captain's pick from you is exactly what I expected. Number four overall in the world for EPL captains this season. On your way to finishing second in Australia, what, top 50 in the world as well from a 9 million person competition. So we're, yeah. we're really podcasting with uh, soccer royalty tonight, which probably doesn't <laughs> matter to most of us. But it's not lost yeah. on me that the captains, the good captains runs carried over. We might be following your advice this week. It might be your, your new job. Uh, and then, yeah, Thompson, a big loss. I think all three of us had him and he looked an absolute winner. Uh, what, five minutes into the game, was already on 30. Uh, and then, yep, unfortunately, the rest is history. Pretty unlucky there, but not much you can do. Part of the game. George, your positive, your negative from the weekend just gone. And let's pick some different ones because we can't all cry over Thompson, I think. On my positive. Well, in real life, my positive is, uh, you know, half of my family has COVID. I dodged it, <laughs> which was That's great. No, no, no. As in, I dodged COVID. COVID. <laughs> That's not positive. No, no, no. <laughs> I dodged it. I dodged it. And then, um, well, anyway, last night I was sitting next to someone and they were telling me all about how they had like the super flu that's going around. I was like, oh, crap, I'm not going to dodge it again. So fingers crossed I'm all good. They had that, said they recovered on Saturday. So whatever. See how we go there. But in Supercoach, um, positive. I had a good week. So I scored 2,452 into rank 6.9K. Uh, probably trading Nick Martin. So I think a lot of people held him, got his, what do you score, like 40-something. Um, so a little bit of a leg up on the competition there, but lost them all back by captaining Neil over, over Keneal, um, not Keneal, um Oliver. So yeah, positive is trading Nick Martin. And a negative is R1. This needs to stop. I'm losing so many points with Gorn against or Darcy now. We've seen his fixture after his bye. And also Wits, who has... I don't know, he's playing a bean pole in the ruck again this week. So I uh yeah, it's more just losing paying so much for Gorn and losing so many points at that slot. And it's also paying up for him has stopped me from doing an upgrade this week. So 
oh man, the net loss on that is significant. And yeah, it's uh, I've done a few bad trades, but this actually might hurt the most, I think. So hopefully he bounces back. But anyway, if you guys want to go grab him, well, he's going to be sub five, I don't know, sub 550 pretty soon if he's not already. So um, yeah, hopefully Gwan can bounce back. And yeah, that's positive and negative. What about you, Jackson? Oh, wow. I've got so many of both, I think. I mean, we can start with why there's a bed slats behind me, which was my kids spent all of Sunday night throwing up um, and like everything's had to be washed in the house. So that was like until what, 4 or 5 a.m. on Monday morning doing that. Um, but if we if we bring it to Supercoach, I think um, a positive for the week would be the Bailey Smith trade-in, which Enno and I both got on board. So correctly predicted that he would play enough forward time, I think, over the next two weeks. And it's looking all, all but a guarantee at the moment that he'll do that. And it means we got him a really cheap price. So he went up 20K already this week, scored a 117, and he's got a 65 break-even coming into West Coast this week. So love that trade-in. Um uh, funnily enough, I was happy with my wits vice captain right up until Oliver like dunked a 180. But yeah, that that's uh, annoying. And then yeah, the downside like we've already talked about um, Thompson. Uh, I could talk about Dugowy for like the fourth week in a row. But I mean, I, the the real negative for the week, we all know what I'm going to say, right? It's uh, it's Super Coach's system stripping me of Hayes 72. <laughs> and then the devs didn't do something. Devs do something. Oh. Um, <laughs> this guy's got no uh, shame. We we <laughs> are on a podcast. Mate, we have wait, to check this five times. I check my emergency. I check before. No, no, no. First oh, game, wait, hold five on, times hold on. I check them. We were well. I've got like a family and stuff to do, right? Oh. Outside of this, okay, we were it's all on this. that same podcast, okay, yeah. and and no, neither of you said anything, and no one that watched it said anything either. That's like a thousands of people that watched that, and no one picked up on it. So, like, you can say like, "Oh, you missed it," but so did everyone else. All right, now, yeah. And for the people saying like, "Oh, you have no shame," like tweeting, trying to get those points back, we spend like hours of research to try and get like small advantages. If I can tweet someone to get seventy-two points, I'm gonna bloody try it. Was it successful? No. Do I look like an idiot? Yes, but I would try it again. God damn it. Um, and if nothing else, I do think that the way that works does need to change because it's not intuitively designed at the moment. So regardless of whether I get the points back, it's like something that it should, should say, be able to do. At least. You have they four emergencies. Uh... Who do you want to select one? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. Something like that, uh, or like just or, overhaul the emergency system. And to be honest, yeah, there's like, that's my there's, one. Yeah, there's a good chance that they maybe revisit this stuff. Like there was tons of really good super coach changes this year. Like I think the boosts have been overwhelming success. The adding in of the DPPs, like added new elements to the game, and and lots more excitement. I really like the changes they've made this year. So like positive signs that maybe they could um, do that again in the future. Uh, but enough talking about me and my kids and my emergencies. Um, Eno, why don't you kick us off with some injury updates from the week? Just before I do that, I might give um, Darcy Cameron a quick mention. We're not going to talk about him at all, but I've got him. 130. I'll just give him a shout out against the Shrek too. So maybe that should have been my positive. Anyway, uh, injury updates. So first man pertains a bit to you, JD. I think you held him. That's Lockie Whitfield. So... He's um, going to undergo a fitness test ahead of this week. So um, we're really unsure there, but obviously you hope he'll get through that and play. Um, next is Bruce, who pretty much everyone has. Uh, he looks set to return after the illness that he was out with. Um, and then another one, Tim Tarano, another Giants player. He, he looks to be out again. Um, and I've actually seen somewhere it might even be multiple weeks. So they're unsure. It's a back, those 
things can kind of be tricky to diagnose and give a time frame to. So um, I think if you have him, he's probably a trade, which is probably annoying. But um, yeah, uh, if, if you didn't trade him last week um, already. Uh, Jordan Dawson, I saw this one like a couple of hours ago and I was like, you're kidding me. Surely we won't miss him for this. But he <laughs> he, he burst his eardrum. Um, I think it was during the game, someone said, but I don't know. Yeah, uh, he copped a whack that, or something to his ear. Yeah. yeah, but apparently he'll be fine. He copped a whack and then, yeah, just a bit sore. So um, I don't think we have full confirmation he's playing, but I think I think Brody Smith said he's fine. So I'll take his word for it. Um, Rory Thompson, we've already been through that uh, knee injury. It's not an ACL, which is good for him. It's a meniscus, which... Um, obviously doesn't have you out for as long, but it's still unfortunate for him. So hopefully he can get back before the end of the season. Um, I don't think they have a time frame, so who knows? Hopefully we get him back if we need yeah. some cover late in the season for an injury or something. You'd think they'd go the safer given his history of knee problems as well. So mm. that's like the the real concern that it's probably unlikely to be the four-weeker, probably more likely to be eight to 12. Yeah, yeah. They, they were like uh, George, weren't they? Really impressed with him. So I think they'd, they'd want him back. But he's best 22. Um, yeah. Yep, yep. Uh, and then yep. some relevant ones, not always plays in our team or looking to get him, but five, it might be back in one or two weeks. So um, I think Peter Bell said a week or two training well, and maybe they try and sneak him in before the buy, which they have the last buy. So they, they might be able to, but um, yeah, that could affect, you know, the likes of Brody and whatnot. So, um keep an eye for that one uh jordan ridley's a test so if you still held on to him uh just wait and see hopefully he gets through that uh jack martin is also i think i believe a test so that could affect uh i mean it could affect the number of players at Calvin, but yeah more like durden um durden's role carol's actual job security so he could you know maybe make way Hasn't been too impressive, and we really desperately need him in the buys. Um, and then, yeah, Motlop and stuff like that. Uh, we've got at the dogs, Tim English and Jeray. So English isn't on – neither of these guys are on the injury list as a test or anything, so they they should be available. Just comes down to selection, which obviously English will will get, but Jeray maybe could affect, you know, um, Cleary and stuff like that. So He's there, and then Waitman's listed as a test, so um, that could affect all those forwards, like McComb is playing there, Buku's playing there, so keep an eye out for that as well. Um, I think that's about everything, boys. Anything you want to discuss over those injuries? Or oh, The only thing I'll say is like the Taranto have, missing a second week is probably the most frustrating because it's hard to know if Cogs is going to be a better long-term option than Butters, for example, just because we haven't seen both of them in the side. And I would also say like Taranto was probably not a top priority, especially with the DPP changes that we're going to get. But one that I was looking as a potential forward target, just given how cheap he is and the fact that he can go big, we're, still, we're not going to get to see him in a role before we need to make those decisions, which is quite annoying. So I'd say that one's like really frustrating. Um, yeah. And then Fife, wishing you good health. Hope you come back real quick, but need, <laughs> need you. Need you. <laughs> I don't think you can be to help support Brody scoring. Yeah. <laughs> I think so. I think that's what will happen. Yeah. Um, yeah. Sure. Yeah. Uh, so we we kind of touched on a little bit with Taranto, but a lot happening uh, at GWS with the mix up with uh, what Essendon coaches actually uh, McVeigh, James Hurd, Essendon coaching box. Which I must say, I'm wearing orange. I feel like I might be moving teams, especially if Hurd gets a, a head coaching role. <laughs> jump off the, the sinking ship that is my my rubbish Essendon team while I can. Um, but, George, uh, I think you watched the game on the weekend, JWS, pretty closely as well, especially given Cogs went off. 
just balled out, um, reminded everyone of, of what his best can look like. What observations did you have from the game and, and you know, how do you feel about what you saw? Also, how, how good is Whitfield going to be this week when he returns? <laughs> uh, they'll probably give him to after the buy. Why not? Um, <laughs> extra week off. And you might as well just field SDK over Whitfield anyway if you if he plays. So probably has a better five-round average. So, yeah, a few takeaways from this game. So I guess Cogs, I was like a bit on the fence, trade or not, and then came around to the idea once I saw team sheets um, that, yeah, I wanted to hold because also have PTSD from trading players with a high ceiling. And I just remember how many times that, yeah, I did that early in the season and uh, it burnt me so hard. So I didn't want to cop that again, given he was playing Eagles and um, new coach as well. I guess, you know, part of the reason why a few weeks ago, even though Cog's role wasn't super great, we figured, like you said it yourself, JD, Leon is going to get sacked soon. And lo and behold, he did. So it was inevitable. So look, Cogs was good. He played midfield. Um, there were times where he was a bit starting forward of the stoppage, like with stoppages around the ground, because he didn't get all the CBA. He's got about 60% odd. So the role wasn't perfect, but it was still really, really good and the best it's been all year. So again, played West Coast, no Lockie Ash. Lockie Ash was named at halfback on the team sheets. And I know it's team sheets, not always 100%, but you know, Cox was named on bowl. He wasn't named on bowl in previous weeks and that's what we saw. So yeah, see how Ash goes when he returns. Sounds like this week will be back. So I, I think they'll play him halfback. And what that also did is that put Ward maybe... Like, was Ward supposed to be at halfback? Was he just covering because they maybe they're going to use Ash back there? Because, yeah, uh, Callum or Ward. Whitfield. Yeah, who knows with Whitfield? He could play forward of the ball or whatever, wherever. But, you mm. know, they sent Ward back. So he lost all his CBAs, um, which meant, yeah, more more for Cogs and Josh Kelly. So um, when Ash comes back, do they put Ward back into the midfield? So there's a few things that we still need to wait out, wait and see on. So for me, I have Cogs and Butters. I think we all do. So and I guess one of them probably makes way for a dog's... I think you guys actually have both this week, possibly. I think you guys are weighing that up. But yeah, that'll be interesting to see how that plays out. I'm probably leaning towards trading butters at the moment. Um, but we'll just see how Cogs go, goes over the next few weeks. So it's very much not much you can do about it if you traded him. Well, it'll hurt in the short term, but in the long term, you might have a dog's mid there anyway. So you might be okay there. Um, I love it. Like Butters, 111 average over the last two weeks. I'm like, yeah, trade him out for sure. <laughs> He's got Essendon this week too. He's going to have a root for three yeah. average. Honestly, yeah, he's a decent fixture. So um, the plan is probably trade Butters to a dog's I mid mean, just because of his flaw is just very frustrating, but and probably has worst durability of the lot, although a lot of them have, you know, pretty spotty durability anyway up mm. in the forward line. So yeah, lots to lots to think about on that one. So with Cogs, I guess you just let it play out. Um do you guys any have any takes on Cogs? Like, I guess for me, it's a wait and see whether he's keeper or not. I think the chances he's keeper are much higher than they were last week. So, um, do you have any thoughts on just Kenilio's game? It was against uh, West Coast, remember? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, yeah, it fell into place, didn't it? Really, the timing. Yeah. So, I know I'm not going to. I mean, we're all going to sit. Everyone at Howard is going to sit and laugh at people that traded, but there was there was merit to it. Like big break even and if you suspected or expected him sorry to be going from your side in you know three four weeks anyway then um why hold so yeah it when we're gonna laugh but it, it had merit but we needed that big score that 140s reset his break even and then that allows us to get a look at butters and cogs for another two or three weeks so 
that's really what we needed. You know, 74 this week. And then if he, if he goes all right, it'll be like very, very low, like could be 20 or 30 um, or something. So just buys us time, gets us to have a look at the role. Cause like you said, it's still not really set. No Ash, no Tirano. We don't know for sure. So mm-hmm. yeah, get, gets another game or two to have a look. JD. Yeah, no, I think that all that's all spot on for me. They have a much tougher matchup in Brisbane at the Gather this week, so it's going to be a really good opportunity to actually watch how he plays there. And if he scores well again, then you're really confident that he's going to be probably top six, especially given that North's the matchup after the bye. If he doesn't score well or just scores like a 90, it's like pretty hard to know like where he's going to end. Mm. So it's almost like you want a definitive sign one way or the other here on, on Cogs this week as to which direction you can take him in. Um, it's a little bit the same with Butters. Like if they just keep scoring 95, you're going to be like, what do I do? Do I trade? Do I hold? Um, but our test is going to come into it pretty heavily. So one of the players I'm prioritizing watching this week. Uh, now, George, just going through um, uh, kick-in data, uh, Himmelberg is one of the ones that moved down back and he actually took half the kick-ins this week. Is this the end of the coming express? Well, I think Asher's going to go back there and I think Ward was back there. I honestly didn't pay attention to Himmelberg's kick-ins, but I think there's might under the new coach, I'm not quite sure what Cummings' output is going to be. I think he's probably an avoid. He could be good, but... Yeah, just new coach, not exactly sure what, what happens down back. And there's just safe options left, right, and center down back. So yep. there's no real reason to go for Isaac coming. But I really like him as a defender. Yeah, yeah, like it was his worst score for the year. And we've got Sinclair and Doherty that are going to probably be as cheap or cheaper coming off the same buy. So that's a dodge. And then just one last GWS question. I can see one of my favorites, uh, Zachary Sproul not only played his first game for the year, but had 24% CBA, scored a 89 or a 91. Sprout. It's just unfortunate that he's... Uh, like, we're, our team's almost finished. It's just like a mid-price I would have loved to have had at 293K, but probably not a viable option. You could always Why wait a week. you want him at 290K? Well, every other dumb pick's worked out. Why couldn't Zachary Sproul? <laughs> Very well. Can we touch on Harry Perryman? Harry Perryman oh, yeah, sure. is balling inside mid. So he was, like, getting it off the back of stoppage, a bit like George Hewitt does a lot. Again, bad opposition. What did he score? What was it, like a 130 or something? 138. Yeah, he was playing really good. Has a bit of hamstring history last year. Um, his was a long, I think a few weeks, whereas like Sinclair's was like one week last year. So worth noting. Uh, but yeah, probably safer options, but just one to keep a close eye on, I guess. I, I think most of us have like five defenders by now and probably grab one of Sinclair or Doc. Uh, in the last, in the second buy round or something like that. So, but yeah, I just thought he played really, really well when his CBAs were, what was it in the fifties? I want to say somewhere. Fifties, yeah. I think a lot of like Cogs was there as well. So in that range, Cogs so fifty nine, Perryman fifty one, Kelly sixty five, Green fifty seven. Yeah. So those are the the top four. Yeah, and Toby Green moved. He started every quarter. I want to say um, at a center bounce, then went straight forward. So. Um, yeah, remember he was a center bounce midfielder early days, but yeah, moving forward, and very, too good, very good at it too. Very good at it too. Um, yes. okay. One more thing on Cogs before we move on. It's 
like against Brisbane this week, it's it's really the role we want to see. You got to remember, Cogs is a guy that can butcher at the best of times. He went at ninety five percent special efficiency on the weekend. I, I that is going to be his best game ever. <laughs> I said in Discord, has he missed a target yet? It's <laughs> like very it's unlike Coast, Cogs, but like yeah, yeah. ninety plus for Cogs is that's you never I think see he, that again. <laughs> he hit a nice kick inside fifty, but I think it came off his shin. But <laughs> all right, and then moving on to the dogs, uh, we we mentioned this last week. Eno shared the numbers on bot and baz and what was required for them to kind of achieve dpv forward status and it looks like they're both gonna be locked in so they're both up around 39 percent. they just need to be over 35 percent uh bryce mitchell on twitter calced it out um again this week and it was something like as long as they, they have I don't know, more than something. about <laughs> yeah it's like five even if it was like 10 percent, it's fine i mean bailey yeah. smith right he instead of going to the bench, he goes forward, and that's why he gets so much forward status. And then Bont, we've seen what a what a powerful weapon he is um, up front. There's no way they're going to run him 100% mid time against West Coast. So these two are 100% going to get DPP this week. Like it'd be crazy if either of them played 100% mid time and didn't get it. Honestly, insane. So the question is, if you had neither, and you had to get one this week, or you wanted to get one this week, it doesn't mud your buys. Who do you go? Let's Oops. let's throw in a third one there as well in English because he's coming back 570k. So he's around the same price as the other two. And it was obviously a hot commodity earlier on in the season before the injury. So let's rank him, George. One, two, and three. You can't put English because he's <laughs> skinny as hell right now. He needs to eat more. Yeah, put him put apparently. him third, but like we're gonna get asked about English. So like this is Okay, English third. is simply a wait and see. What no speaker English are we gonna get? I don't know. We'll find out in a few weeks. <laughs> okay, Bont or Baz? Well, Bont's obviously you want Bont in your final team. He's easily going to be top three forward. Um, his CBAs were fifty percent. Will that change when Bruce comes back? Possibly. I think Dunkley's the one that's been like playing deep forward, still pushing up the ground, but you know at times where he has to play, you know, like a forward marking target. The CBAs are just a mess with the dogs in terms of that. I think they're all getting sub 70% at the moment. They're just sharing it pretty evenly. I think Libba was the most with 60. So it's it's quite hard for them to you know, just go on a complete tear. Remember Bont last year when we didn't have him? Um, did you have him, JD? I can't remember. I didn't have him anyway. Um, yeah, he went uh, that run of 140 for about, I don't know, two-month stretch or something like yeah. that. It's yeah, hard I to see him, that I happening. I'm clear to him. With 50% CBAs the past two weeks, I think, it's hard to see that happening. Um, look, this week, don't get me wrong, it could be a bloodbath this week. Um, Baz seems like the one that will, you know, I said in the Discord this week, the Eagles mids are going to pull hamstrings trying to chase Baz around. So I think for me, Bont or Baz, uh, I don't know, what do they go? Probably between, say Baz between 107 and 112. And then Bont between one twelve and one seventeen, I want to say for the rest of the year. So I think I like Bont a bit more. I like Baz too. You got to remember his disposals kind of killed him a lot. I think it's been a bit better the past two weeks, but for a while there it wasn't great. I was very good a few years ago, but um, yeah, this year hasn't been great. So uh, I would want if I could only get afford Baz, I'd have no issue with that. But I'd probably go for Marcus first. Uh, the only thing I other thing I'll say about uh, Bontempelli is his track record against the Eagles last year was amazing. Mm-hmm. So he kicked three goals in both games. Um, in round two, he went one forty-five. In round fifteen, he went one fifty-six. 
I think the it was the round two game that was close, like they won by seven he points, or whatever. And yeah, game. Bont was oh, best God. on ground. It was like thirty touches. I think three both goals. He was. Remember he kicked, this, yeah. the one at Optus, he kicked that goal from the pocket, and I was like, oh my God, <laughs> yeah. that one like and then, bursting through. Yeah, then the other game, like he was best on in both those games. So like so, he yeah. he killed West Coast, and then West Coast was better last year than what they were this year, which probably goes against him a little bit. Because uh, yeah. like you know, even Bailey Smith, even though his role wasn't as good last year, he still still scored like a one twenty six in that second game. English turned up, McRae turned up. So, um, yeah, like McRae has a really good record against him as well. Like dogs, dogs, and Dunkley went big last year. I mean, yeah, load up on dogs versus West Coast. That's all I can say. But uh, yeah, like Bond does have the really good record against him. So thirty and twenty nine touches, three goals in each of those games. Uh, but Bailey Smith. The, the outside running players just seem to be the ones that have really killed them on scorings this year, which would point at like Bailey Smith being the one that should should have really good avenues to dominate. Yep. I mean, it comes down to price, obviously, and, and who you think is going to rise more before you want to get the other one after the buy. So if you get the other one, that's the thing. If so you if you can. If, yeah. yeah. If you could only have one, I can see the um, safety in Bont just because he's yep. done it before. If you're yep. planning to get both, then Bailey Smith now, just yes. because he's got the better break even. I think I agree with that. Yep. I'll probably only get one, and I think it'll be Marcus. Yeah, it has to I be think. Bond then, yeah, really. If it's not really. One. I don't think there's that much in it. I mean, for fantasy, it's not even close. It's Baz by a yeah. mile, but super coach. Yeah. Like, Bond had three goals, too, against Gold Coast, and, like, Tuke and Rao didn't touch the ball. They had to put Swallow in the middle for a while. And, yeah, it's scored 130 with three goals, too, so... There's just so much point, so much, so much of the pill to go around. So, um, yeah, yeah. Trelaw is getting more CBAs than last year. Dunks missed a lot of last year, and he was out of form. So, yeah, I think they all average probably within I don't know twenty points within each other. All the dogs mids. So, yeah, yeah I don't see like one thirty, one twenty from any of them. Maybe McRae. That's it. Only way it happens is an injury, really, like last year. So, yes. That would be Nothing catastrophic. You can predict. Like, so. If like Trelaw or Libby go down, all of a sudden everyone's CBA is got by like 10 to 12. Even if just any of the ones, even the ones we own do, you have to make a side swap to the ones. That to the other own. one, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> all right, awesome. So to summarize so far, wait and see on the GWS players. Wouldn't be trading any of them in or out for now. Just wait and see unless, I mean, you've got Toronto and Whitfield and they miss this week. You can probably move them on, but yeah, otherwise wait and see. On the dogs, we've got them ranked. If you just had to pick one this week, it would be Bont over Baz over English. If you're planning to get both Bont and Baz eventually, then probably start with Baz this week um, just for money reasons. All right, let's move on to some of the other options and some of the other lines then. Um, we're going to kick off with defenders. Who wants to take it from the top? George Eno, who's, who's got some love for the, the guys that are holding it down, down back? I mean, there's so many guys we could talk about. Well, I, let's talk about three ones that look like they're all going to be top six or thereabout and all represent probably some value at their price. I mean, they're not like a Cicely or a Stewart up around the 600K range. So Sinclair, Doherty, and Crisp. Um, if you were looking to trade in, I guess, one of these, who who would you be prioritizing? And I know there's probably a little bit of difference with buys here. Um, but yeah, let's let's walk through the process of, of which one of these would be your target. I brought this up because... No needs a fifth defender, and he doesn't want crisp. A fifth, I know. Sixth, last, sixth defender. last defender. Uh, so, yeah, basically, I didn't include any middle buy 
defenders because I think everyone's so, bringing middle by players elsewhere at the moment. So this is um, an intervention for Eno, and he doesn't even realize it. Yes. Yeah. So Doherty, okay, start off with Doherty versus Sinclair. Yep. Uh, it's hard to not have a bit of recency bias here just because Sinclair went off and Doherty copped a bit of a knock as well. I would say without looking at it, I think Doherty got a bit more kickouts probably because Nozak Williams is out for two to three months. Another, with a, yeah, longer, off. like another eight or nine weeks, I think they had him yeah. listed. So I saw like Saad was running off the back of the square a fair bit. Well, I usually saw C. Doherty do it. Like, he did he did it as well, but I thought usually Doherty does it a bit more. Could be wrong there, but uh, Doherty looks fine. I guess uh, for me, I probably lean towards Sinclair. I know Doherty has the history, but I do worry about Doherty possibly slowing down. I want to say his first five weeks were a bit better than his last five. Um, that being said, Doherty's still fine. I wouldn't have any issues if he was in my team. He probably has the higher ceiling. You know, I don't think Sinclair can be a top four defender, whereas I think Doherty can. Um, but um, yeah, just slightly worried about if Doc slows down or not because he's gone missing for patches here and there the last few weeks. I think against Port, he was on about 30 in somewhere in the third quarter. Then he finished on like 100 or something. So does have his flat patches, but yeah, has his you know, rockets up as well. So I, I'm not too fast. Like, you wouldn't be upset with either. I probably lean towards Sinclair, but I think, you know, if Doc does well and Sinclair does poor this week, I probably like might say Doc if he looks incredible. So, not too sure. But at this stage, I'm probably planning for Sinclair over Doherty. What's your take on yep. this, Anna? Yeah, it's, I mean, it probably is recency, but I mean, we always had a bit of a concern with Doc. Just his um, durability to the end of the year. So that's got to like still be in the back of your mind. You know, there's no worries of that with Sinclair. Um, although you can tell me his injury history, isn't it? One hamstring three years ago or something. <laughs> last week, last year around, I want to say 18, one week hammy. Okay. But before okay. he played, so 20, really played 22 games a few times. Yep. But now with, I mean, the Saints, obviously they lost Jack Steele, but they're getting a lot of their players back and a few of those ones being midfielders like Zach Jones and I think Hunter Clark's not far away. So we've seen that in the last, uh, it's almost two months really. Sinclair is just set down back now. He's taken all the kickouts. There hasn't really been any weeks where he's getting CBAs anymore like he was earlier. So I think his role's completely set. And even if he did, it's not like it's a big worry, but I would prefer him down back getting all the cheap, the cheap pill that he does, but he does use it very well. So, um, yeah, he's got the monotony on the kickouts. Um, I just feel a lot safer with him than than Doherty, just maybe because of the the older age of Doherty. Even though he's not that, like he's not super old, buddy. Um, he has body's been through a lot here and there. Yeah, so that just always sits in the back of your mind. Um, whereas Sinclair, who is actually older than I, like I still can't believe how old he was at the start of the year when I found out but he um <laughs> i just feel a lot safe with him but the issue is with that big score he's going to be a lot more expensive after his buy than doherty will be so you've got to factor that in as well will you be able to say tons up a couple of weeks will you be able to afford him at um uh what will you know be maybe five like 60s you know something like that so maybe that factors in whereas doherty is probably going the other way so if Sinclair uh, goes 100 he goes up to 545. Okay. So it's not terrible, um, but it yeah. is sort of a 20K jump. But um, yeah, if we're picking one, I'm picking Sinclair at this point. And it's probably my big target after his buy, number one. Are you looking for 
a fifth, a sixth defender, JD? And if so, is it one of these two? So I am not, but I've got Whitfield at D6. So it's someone that I probably would luxury upgrade. Um, if I'd already traded him out this week and I'd still held Dacos, which is probably going to have been the better move in hindsight, especially if Whitfield misses, um, then I would probably be targeting Sinclair of the three after their buy. I think there's more points to go around and, and probably more time on him up on the ball if uh, with Steel out. So yeah, I'd be I'd be. I think they want him back. Yeah, yeah. I on the ball. Yeah, I, yeah, you're right. Uh, I just think like they move him up and get the balls ball in his hands more with someone like Steel out. Like they need his leadership yeah. and his decision making, so they'll put him in more important positions. Not that they don't already. I just feel like there's going to be a quarterback little point. Yeah, I feel like there's going like to be a little bit say. of a points boost. Probably also makes him more taggable, um, but yeah, mm, that's a good yeah. point. Tagging halfbacks maybe isn't, isn't, doesn't really happen. Um, yeah, and then crisp. I don't know. Like I, I maybe it doesn't work with your last buy, but crisp is the one that probably does make sense. He's one of the top-rated midfielders in the AFL, which I find hard to believe, but that's what the stats say. And number the one, durability, by the way. number one on this year's. I heard- Possibly Oliver for he's definitely top two. The AFL player ratings, it's uh yeah. I mean, I mean, that that fails the eye test if Crisp is number one ahead of like Oliver, Neil, like a couple of those guys this year. Um, but it does go to show that he's up around that mark, even if he's not number one or two. Uh we know inside mid score really well down back, and with his durability, it feels super hard to go past him. Maybe he doesn't have the absolute upside and ceiling that some of the other two do, but in terms of consistently, I mean, Crisp has even converted me. Sure, I can't watch him play, and I'm still repulsed by the pick. But logically, he's, he's I good. Think he's he's the one of the three that you, you are. Pick. Stop denying he's good. Like I was not a believer. Now I am. He he's actually like I well and truly surprised me, and I don't talk shit about him anymore as much as I like really hated how he played the first couple of weeks. 16 contested on the weekend of 74 tog, and he usually has like 90 tog because of he's you know, he's gone past Adams. As so well. his career best, and he's 105. He had a slow start. Okay, he will he will outscore Doherty and Sinclair for the rest of the year. But his three his five round average is 106. It's the same. Flu game would have been extra 10 points this for, this the, week. The last time he went under 100 was in round three. He's yep. just so safe and but he so does durable. Go big. Well, he's gone 130, 120, but then lots of low tons as well. Um, yeah. But, like, yeah, I don't know. They, I think he's still got North as well on the back end. 610 plus games. I'll have either one of these guys for 10 weeks. I think Sinclair has just more upside to average more. Fair enough. That's I think, think. Chris, I just, Chris, Collingwood's midfield is like he's Chris has got to carry him. Like I don't know. Yeah, that's the one you guy you want carrying him. I don't know. Whereas Sinclair, he's not that bad. He's good. Role. He's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's shit. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> he's good. I disagree, but he has been much better than what I expected. All right. So yeah. Well, the bar wasn't high. Just just quickly because we are <laughs> going to run short on time as always. Um, just quickly, like um, Dawson obviously had another big week at 560K. Is he someone that you'd still recommend people trade in? Hell yes. That man is. It's been done to king. death. Yeah, King Crom. King of the Crom. Plays oh, North like- and West Coast twice for the rest of the year. 
Yeah, so good fixture. He's a left footer that can actually kick a drop punt. So you absolutely. have lost some of the value, but he's like a one twenty three average over the last three, one ten over the last five. Still a good option if if someone with that buy suits. And that's uh, I'm three not... rounds ago. So that's with the role change, like fifty percent wing. Yeah, and I think the quote out of him was like, "Where's he going to play?" And it was like, "We're just going to put him in the position where we think where we think he can do the most damage." So they they recognize that he is an important part of them winning. And yes, the role uncertainty is not great and something I would traditionally avoid. But the only reason it's uncertain isn't to fix a gap, which is what someone like Houston normally struggles with. It's to win them the game. They want him there because it's going to have the most damage. That's a very different mindset and methodology you don't normally see. So um, yeah, I think that's still a good good option. Well, like right, the, let, just quickly, the Crows have to leave him like um, forward of the ball because our midfielders cannot kick inside fifty at all. So has <laughs> regressed. Laird's never been the best. Um, he scored better in the back half last game. Yeah. Played oh, second by the half way, defense, so he can score Rob, on both posies. Okay. Rob, Matt Crouch, Schoenberg all put up massive numbers this week. They absolutely killed it. Yeah. All in the twos, but yeah, I mean, that was an amazing midfield. Started like round one, starting midfield, they're killing it in the twos. All right, um, mids, let's just jump quickly, into them. Dawson oh. gets West Coast in two weeks. I just want to say that that's that's like if he plays forward of the ball there, that's that's where his big game's coming. So, yeah, this week against the Cats, though, at Cadinia, I want him back. I want him back. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. uh, <laughs> all right. <laughs> All right, moving on to the mids then. Uh, so uh, looking at the first buy, there's a few options here we can quickly talk over. So you've got a couple of blues in Crips and Walsh. You've got a couple of bombers in Parish and Merritt. Any of these four that you like the look of as either a trade-in this week or after the first buy? I'll start. Crips is uh, mm, not happy. It's uh, maybe it's a combination of slight form drop and ruck time. Uh, I think, is it Mackay that was doing the relief work when Pitney went down? And now they're asking Crips to do it, I think. Uh, so I don't love it. Just, I don't know, he's less prominent. You know, what do you get? 19 disposals, got a pretty lucky intercept, got a you know goal that got gifted to him pretty easily. That got fed out to him. So without those two, he's probably dropping a 60. So... Two weeks ago, clear best play in the comp. Oliver's taken over from him now, but um, just because it's Crips, I'm a little worried. Um, do you have any... I mean, I don't think it's enough to warrant a trade, but it's just keeping an eye on him. JD, are you slightly worried on Crips? I am slightly worried on Crips. Um I mean, like the types of issues he's had in the past, you would imagine could um, pop up as well over the course of a season. So despite they have not saying anything, like I wouldn't be surprised if he's starting to have some issues and some soreness, in which case the buy and having a week off might be really, really good for him. We see some form back. But if he's like has a couple more weeks of 80s and still not looking good after his buy round, like it could end up being a, a luxury upgrade, which is sad to say. One's 80 break even. Oh, my God. The only other thing as well is like I wonder with is like we haven't seen much of all of the Carlton mids play together. So Cripps, Chera, Kennedy, Hewitt, Walsh. And even though like they've had games like, you know, Walsh has been coming back off his injury or whatever it may be, you know, someone's coming back from a week off. I just wonder with like all of them coming together, 
if you are going to see some inconsistency in these players outside of Hewitt, who's obviously a god, where um, they just like have some weeks where they're good, some weeks where they're bad, and it's just because there's so much talent in the midfield. Walsh has picked up the last few weeks, which where yep. Cripps has dropped off. Don't know if it's yep. yeah, I'm not sure. Sammy, he had a he had the Cinders. He's working the season. He's by far the better player, uh, and he's back to number one. So, all right, can I throw in a smoky? Uh, oh, actually, no. Sorry, let's go through the Bombers players. So, uh, actually, and we're just quickly, we're, well, I'm trying to jump ahead. We're okay. trying to run quick on time. So, Cripps, a little bit of worry. Obviously, don't trade him in. Wait and see. May, maybe a luxury upgrade after his buy if he doesn't pick up. Walsh, love the option, right? Everyone's on board with Walsh. Yeah, CBA worth noting. CBA's, I think his forward time was about fifty percent. Um, Cripps. Walsh, but you got to remember that's Walsh, like yeah. starting positions after stoppages were fifty percent of the time he was forward. But he's still the time and ground's really high. He's still pushing up. You know, he just starts forward and runs into the midfield. So. I, and he's still, I think he's a top 10 midfielder still, even with the slow start with the off the syndesmosis. He is a player I want at M8. Uh, so just quickly then, like say you were tossing up Mills, Laird, Walsh, buys money when in consideration. Would you have Walsh over either of Mills or Laird? Uh, probably not. Okay. Cool. I have yeah, Laird close. Mills, I could get at the right price. Who was taken out of the midfield for some reason um, against Carlton because they were getting smacked in the midfield so badly. Yeah. But uh, still, it, outside it's good. too good. Yeah, it's good that you bring up the CBAs because Cripps is still leading Blues like 87 last two weeks. Walsh okay. has dropped down to 23 and 39% over the last two weeks. So it could just be outliers we see in scoring and things regress. Um, but yeah, good, good to know. All right. Moving on to the Essendon mids who have been what smashed again in the media for about the 17th week in a row. Um, Parrish, what, he had 40 touches but didn't you know score particularly well. What was it, a 128? He's got a five-round average of 124, which would surprise a lot of people with how well he's been scoring. 620K. And then Zach Merritt, who's obviously returned a little bit slower after the syndesmosis. He's down at 530K with a 154 break even. So still got some money to lose. He had a, what, 57 last week, but... Apart from that, as I think scored hundreds in every other game he's played this year. Do you like either of these options coming off the bye? Would you would you consider them in for, just from what you said before, George? I would imagine you have Parrish below Laird, Mills, and Walsh. Do they let Parrish play the way he plays? Yes. Do- yes. What do you mean? Do they let him? Yes. Is He's getting so many junk possessions, though. Do they change anything or do they just let Man, him do that? Everyone gets junk possessions at Essendon because there's no one to kick to in our forward line. Did you have a look at the names in our forward line last week? Was it Hobbs? Let, let, me, let me bring them up. Like on, He's honestly, never been out, that guy, out, though, out, really. He, he was more damaging last year, but he was also kicking to like Stringer and like Snelling. He's a gun clearance Jones. player, which doesn't help. Like, yeah. It's just your two-point handball, okay. maybe three if it's contested. Like, but like so, so, all right, here we go. Our forward line. So Peter Wright, been great this year, easily our best. Other named players, Alec Waterman, Devin Smith, Aaron Francis, and then like Hobbs. Do, do we even have yeah. another forward? Oh, we had Mer- Nick Mer- Bryan, who's a right. Merritt's the one that kicks it right to them. He's the Yes, Mer- Merritt's the, the better inside 50 kick for sure of the two of them. Um, and look, like, the since, since Parrish point. has been like flamed for not having effective disposals, he's definitely been 
putting in more of a conscious effort to like kick long and do that. It's type effective of stuff. in a different way. That's what. It yeah, is. like it's still yeah. effective, but. I mean, he had 19 contested possessions, uh, what, from his 43 touches and like 19 kicks in that. So, uh, like, yeah, it's, but I mean, that forward line kicking to is rubbish. So, of course, there's going to be like a lot of players that appear to have junk possessions when there's just no one good to kick it to. (laughs) I don't know. It's hard. I don't think he's a great scorer, but I don't know if I want him in my team, which doesn't make much sense. So, I would just rather other players. I think he had a bit of a flat patch towards the end of last year. I don't think... Another thing is, I don't think teams will bother to tag him. No. Or maybe. I'm not sure. Uh, if we, if we start winning, we'd have, to, uh, we'd have to turn it around. That would have to be when, good. He, yeah. Okay, so last year he went 122. First two rounds, take him out because he played half forward. Um, and then he went 122 for the rest of the year. Had those huge games. And he also got tagged a few times in between there. So really, he probably could have gone... Almost 125, pushing 130 without the tear games. So it should be a good pick, but I don't know what it is. I just don't feel fully comfortable picking him because it's because Essendon's bad. Like, yeah, he's, he's not I like a he's... Mills or an Oliver or a Neil that are playing for these good teams. If and not, that always worries yeah. you picking like good players and bad teams. Like, it just outside of like Ablett and you know a couple of other players, it's, it's really hard to make that work. No, I wouldn't be upset if I had Parrish in my team, but yeah, no, no, he's been a good, he's been a good yeah, pick. Yeah. So this is the crazy thing: he's been a better pick than Took Miller and Jack Steele this year, and he was cheaper than them. But no one gets excited about him. Five round average, one twenty four. No one's excited about him. The only other thing I'll say as well is like um, coming back post our buy, like we should have Langford, Ridley, uh, Snelling, Stringer all back in. These are like four pretty big ins for Essendon as a team. Uh, maybe you start to see form turn around or at least them be a little bit more competitive, which kind of makes them slightly better prospects. So that's still a bit of hopium going on there. Uh, but maybe just shifting that into the next conversation. So Merritt is going to be very cheap. Do you like him as a discounted mid-option? Say he's 500K after his buy. I think it's fine if you're really struggling for cash. I just, I just don't want no part of it. Fair What's the CBAs? Have you seen the CBAs the past two weeks? Yeah. Uh, Merritt, they've been down, right? So he's done a bit of the wall. She's gone from the mid seventies down to twenty six and thirty six percent over the last two. Do you know why that is? Uh, I've been watching and games through my hands like this, so I haven't caught <laughs> a lot of it. <laughs> well, he's always going to find the ball though wherever he plays. I think Merritt. he's he like, scored. Yeah, he scored okay without CBAs in the past. Yeah, I think he started yeah. off a wing at times. I didn't. I didn't see the game. I was watching the other game. Did he start off a wing this game? Uh, let me see if I can get stats on that as we go. Okay, like, so look, he's still averaging career high thirty-one touches a game. <laughs> yeah, Apparently. he's scoring okay. He's one that I'll bring in in other format in fantasy when he's discounted um, after his buy. Should be pretty cheap. I just think. I mean, for me, I have enough cash gen. I have lowest trades. So I want someone that's going to be top Locked ten. In. Yeah. So I know that Walsh, he's going 115 already, something like that. Fully expect him to go do that for the rest of the year. And that's with his slow start. And he's still scoring well without the CBAs. So he just runs up to the middle. And, you know, that's some of the dogs, they're all getting CBAs 50 to 60 or 50 to 65. So, and they're still scoring well enough. So I probably lean towards Walsh. We have to put, we have to put Merritt versus. 
Tom Mitchell, don't we? Jeremy? Yes, that's where I was going to transition to the last discounted mid, and he benefits of being of a different buy compared to the other ones we've talked about. The last buy, so he's now at four hundred ninety-eight k, one hundred twenty-five oh break-even. So you might actually get another week to to look at him. But people got to remember, Tom Mitchell was number one super coach option, I think, for at least one or two years. Yeah. Um, maybe it's just the one year before the leg break, his Brownlow year. Uh, but yeah, he was sick, scored a 40, then had a week off. Um, Sammy Mitchell said that they were going to play him in the midfield. And to be honest, I don't think his CBAs were particularly high. 49. Um, yeah, so not particularly so, high. It's about in line with his other weeks. Um, but he obviously had a, a pretty big game, scored a 129, looked really good in the midfield alongside Newcomb. Um, is Tom Mitchell someone like just like let's put aside the the fact that like George and you know, might have enough cash gen you don't need to look at a discounted option if you weren't in that position and you did want to bring in someone 500k Tom Mitchell versus Merritt who who would you prefer at the moment I think by the way the reality is you can probably wait both on both of these a week Mitchell's break even to 125 Merritt's about to go into the buy so you can probably wait and then make this decision next week but yeah, do you are you gonna show love for either of these boys? Yeah, I think they're okay discounted options. I think because the coaches indicated they're gonna play midfield, I don't know how long. Um, and you gotta remember that he started the year with three eighties and he was coming off a groin issue. So his last few scores, so say from round four onwards, I know cherry picking here, but 119, 142, 105. Just a 78 against the Demons, uh, 40 in the game. He was sick, then 129. So you take out the 40, you take out, okay, you can't really take out the 380s, but he did have a, he was struggling for a bit um, off the groin. Um, he's still averaging okay. So I think it's worth, I think it's a decent shot to go Tom Mitchell because he was everywhere. And if they want to win games, I think he's still their best option in the midfield, although Newcomb's been fantastic. So, He can still score. Like, what's he going to go? Like, at worst, he goes what a hundred, and they don't give him enough CBAs, or they play him a bit more forward instead of pushing him up the ground more. So, I think it's like not the worst for the price, with you know much more upside. So, like, worst disaster case I see is like a hundred, even one hundred five. Yep. All right, I'm going to throw in one left field option here to close us out. He has, oh, I think he's at five twenty k. Has the first buy five thirty k. Um, his name is like super coach fantasy royalty, of course. Uh, and he's averaged 126 over the last three. Do you know who I'm talking about? Oh, no. <laughs> You're going to say it, aren't you? Brad Crouch. Ever since the steel <laughs> has gone down, Brad Crouch has emerged as a, a powerhouse over the last three weeks. Comes into North this week. Would you go left field on a Brad Crouch? Um, I'm going to hear noise. I'm going to hear noise. It's very disappointing for the viewers. It probably has to be a week or two ago, right? Like a week or two ago when you like realized that and got him at like, what would he have been then? Like 400 40k cheaper. So 480 or something. Yeah. I'll pay homage to him. I had him in 2019. Started him at like 400 and I had him for 22 rounds in like one of my best years. So respect him that was three years ago but he's in good form can't deny it but i'm not touching it man <laughs> yeah and he's going to be more expensive like much more expensive than merit after the same first buy and you probably lean merit just based on history right so anyway yeah. that's a yeah. shout out we we see you maddie crouch we see you 
Brand. All right, um, moving on to the forwards here. And obviously, there's not much discussion of trading targets because if you wanted to trade in dogs uh, for your forward line, you'd be getting Bont and Bass in your midfield. Instead, I see names here that can only mean um, uh, trade-out targets. And I'm really glad that one of them is on this list because when the kids were throwing up over the mattresses and whatnot, um, all through the early hours of Monday morning, I was up watching the Spanish Grand Prix and I cannot help but remember someone talking about F1, F1, F1. <laughs> and boy, how the mighty have fallen from the F1 position because there are three players that could be keepers and they could be trade-outs. And those are Butters, Cogs, and Mr. F1 himself, Isaac Heaney. George, um, <laughs> I want to start with you because uh, I think you added the three. What, what, what's, your, what's your piece? What are, you, what are you weighing up between these ones? Who do you think you're going to keep? Who do you think you're going to trade? And what's your approach over the coming weeks? Should we add Dugowie as the fourth one? <laughs> hey, no, that's that's not fair because Dugowie is a guaranteed trade out. Um, but after, after just before he's by, he's so far gone. I cannot wait to see the back end of him. Um, that's not even fair. But yeah, yeah. But these other three players are actually competent and uh, like probably not terrible people. So yeah, let's talk about them. I will not trade Isaac. He, I believe, he will be fine. He was good in the midfield. He got robbed of two goals. You know what? I thought and he's uh, been Danny. Inaccus- I thought Danny Ricardo would be fine, and he's down at P14, P15 every week. And I think he's got the same fate written all over him. <laughs> Must be an F1 thing. Okay. By the way, I don't understand <laughs> F1. I don't understand F1 terminology. But um, look, okay. So Heaney's five run average, eighty nine. Not great. Been very inaccurate. Moved into the midfield. He's one you you don't move on now. I guess later on when you bring in the dogs. If he's your worst one, then I still think at worst he's like F9. So, um, yeah, obviously, Bont and Baz coming in has just like, I thought I had a finished forward line, apparently not now. So, keep an eye on Isaac. Uh, he does struggle at times to get his hand on the ball. If he's, um, yeah, hands on the ball. You see, it's annoying. You see Parker and Mills just get the cheapies. They do the hard stuff as well, but they get the cheapies as well. Henny just doesn't go into open space enough he just runs up and down the ground always in quite often in contested situations so does get a few marks here and there but not as many as the others so look i'm not interested in trading heaney um butters has quite a poor floor and for me i look at you know fundamentally the best picks in super coach are, are in i don't know say 22 23 to 28 sort of age bracket you know full preseason. Um, durable history. I understand Cogs, Butters, Heaney all have uh, really dodgy injury history. Um, none soft tissue, which is good. Um, but, you know, Butters is the younger one, less pre-seasons. Um, game style was pretty reckless, although I haven't watched him in the last two weeks, to be honest. So, oh, no, I watched him the week before. I didn't watch him this week. Um, so, for me, probably Butters, I think, at this point is the weakest. Um, Cogs obviously looked great in the midfield, but, you know, we've spoken about GWS. There were... Um, he, you know, he's not going to average 140 or anything like that, obviously. He's not going to do that every week, but not going to play West Coast every week. So, and yeah, we'll see when their players come back. So, for me, it's just a wait and see on all three. Um, at this stage, uh, Heaney and Cogs are, for me, a bit ahead of Butters. Um, but yeah, can't fault Butters. And, you know, his ceiling, Butters can go 150. We know that. So, you know, whoever you trade out can quite easily put a 150 on you. So, but again, then you have Boswell or Baz or both so you wouldn't be too upset so I guess it's just a wait and see I mean I've said all these things but it's, it's just wait another two or three weeks I guess 
Yep. Just just to echo that, like Butters has got a 33 break even coming into Essendon. Cogs has got a 74 break even into Brisbane Lions, but that should get uh, even cheap or like better the next couple of weeks with the 37 rolling off and the 140 staying in the system. So, um, yeah, ideally hold all these guys, wait and see. If you've got someone like Nick Martin in the forward line, that's who you're trading out this week instead. Yep. I don't really need to say much more than we probably think it's Cogs a hold over Butters. And then this week, Cog, uh, Butters will drop a 150 on Essendon and Cogs will drop an 80 and we'll probably flip our minds. So yep. look forward look, to that coming yeah. out of their buy and not knowing who the hell it is. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And then I think with, what Cogs is north out of the bar something. So anyway, like. So with Port's midfield, like they are, their CBAs are going all over the place. Like Wines was like 50%. Nanny went back, he went up to 80%. Rosie, the north game, they just did whatever. Yeah. Done, <laughs> just kinkily trolling in the box. is like forward taking contested marks, yeah. kicking goals. Like, I think it was just whatever, but yeah. But yeah, Rosie, like, Rosie, yeah, so like they were using him a bit more. So it's like, is Butters going to get shafted one week? I don't know. It's again, Cogs could be in a similar boat as well, but given his performance, you would think that he stays there. So, uh, yeah, again, I just wait and see. All right, so we already mentioned trade-out one in Nick Martin. Uh, 116 break-even, looks to have hit a little bit of a wall. Um, we've got some intel that he is uh, should be traded out this week, is all I'll say. And then um, on What are you talking day- about? <laughs> I, I leaked this in uh, Discord chat. Oh, I'll, ping it, I'll, ping it to you. I'll ping it to you later. Let's just say there's uh, some helpful people in Discord that know the nice things. Okay, uh, well, join the Discord if you want to find out, I guess. <laughs> and then... Uh, good plug. Good yeah. plug, good plug, good plug. Accidental plug. I Like, I just... I didn't ask the person who, who shared the info if I could share it more broadly. So, I, like, I don't want to do it. But just say, like, we have on good authority that um, there's reasons outside of poor scores that you want to trade Nick Martin. Yeah, it's the one six. Nothing, nothing, that's the nothing, secret. Yeah, nothing <laughs> nefarious, though. Nothing nefarious. Uh, we love Nick Martin. And then um, Dacos would be the other one. So similarly priced, 88 break even. Um, I think he obviously scored a little bit better on the weekend, although I thought there was a fair bit of junk in getting that score. It didn't look like he yep. was particularly impactful. Um, but the one thing to consider with Dacos is that his buy and him playing during the buys is going to be really useful. So one that you absolutely could trade out just because of his break even and price. But uh, if doing so really hurts your buys, maybe one that you look to, to hold for a couple more weeks, even if he leaks a little bit of cash. Anything else to add, boys? Well, I think if you're trading Dacos, you'd go to someone in the same buy if you want that player. Otherwise, you just wait for Doc or Sinclair. Yeah, okay. Like if you bring in like a crisp or someone like that. Shut up. Do it, Anno. Uh, <laughs> Join us. <laughs> no. Because if it goes... Look at this. I get Crips, 280s. Yeah. Crips. Pissed off. I'll get yeah, Crips, I don't want to, he'll yeah, drop 270s, and I'll be saying the same thing. No, yeah, Crisp is different. Crisp is not... <laughs> no, it's not. Because he, no. he turns up. I don't want to watch it. No. I don't right. want to watch no. it. All right. Um, all right. <laughs> yeah, that's, I think that's a fair call. Fair call. All right. Uh, uh, and then... The last yes. um, thing is oh, yeah. people are going to be looking at some rookies to trade in this week. There's a slaver here, so let's quickly run through them. So Cleary looks to be the number one option this week just based on his break even and scoring over the last two weeks. So a 61 week, 175 last week, has a negative 67 break even coming into West Coast Eagles. I think the big concern on Cleary here is job security. Um, so he's come into the side with what Dreyout and uh, there's some other defender whose name well, Hunter, and... who's playing, would be playing mm. wing, and Bailey Williams plays back. So it's hard to know with Hunter though. 
Yeah, well, he's he's meant to be coming in after the buy, right? So, uh, yeah. like, pro- probably safe until then. So, uh, yeah, like, I guess um, uh, if he gets named this week and holds Dre out or, like, Dre gets named and clearly holds his spot, then probably um, all steam ahead. But if not, then that is a little bit of a worry there. Uh, next up, we've got Saligo. George, do you want to talk about... Um, Jake Saligo, because what he had a pretty poor start to the year. I think he was what sub a couple of times, and he's come back and he's been a gun the last two weeks, along with uh, what your boy Hately. <laughs> I'm still waiting for that apology for Hately, all the slander <laughs> over the past few years. Wait, um, where, by the way, you got to apologize. You you said I regret him ever being my profile picture on Discord. You said something to Did that. I say that? <laughs> yes, yes. You, you said he I had, can't believe he was a PFP. Stop. I didn't know he had groin issues last year. Oh, I didn't know he had okay. groin Give me a break. <laughs> okay. Come on. So I think Saligo got a rude haircut and now he's good. So, <laughs> so basically, we're playing him really low time on ground early in the season. Preseason looked all right. Um, been tearing it up in the NFL. Like, yeah, first two games, I think it might have been sub. I can't remember. Um, but yeah, really low time on ground. Comes back, he's Sam Walsh level running. He's running 15Ks a game and high time ground, I think, in the 80s. So uh, mostly wing, I think. So I think he's a fine option. He's a bit more expensive. I'd be sh- like, he has to keep up this form, obviously, but I'd be pretty shocked if he's dropped. Um, so I think he's like a reasonable option. And I th- he looks like someone that's going to give you, should give you like 60s, but you never know. Rookies are volatile. So Again, middle buy is pretty bad. I'd take him over Cooper Stevens. Cooper Stevens would be one of the easily be the best rookie if his coach wasn't Christopher Scott. But otherwise, <laughs> uh, I don't mind Saligo as an option. I just, I don't know. It's a bit more expensive and middle buys like with Clark and McComb, and then like the dogs players and two. It's yep. uh, it's kind of hard to fit him in. So, um, but yeah, I if you wanted to bring him in and it suits you, I'd go for it. Yeah, I feel the unicorn coach that actually needs more plays in the middle buy than Saligo seems to be the one that'll score a fair bit during during the buys. You'd imagine best scoring of the lot of them. Um, uh, Stevens, you mentioned already um, of the Cooper variety. So if he's the one that comes in as a danger replacement this week, is it someone that you recommend for people? I don't know how many of these rookies we really need to speak about, really. Yeah, he's a good middle, rookie that you mid, can middle fill. buy ones. We can we can really skip. Like, yeah, he would be, but how, we can't have another. We got Clark. We got McCone. Like, all right, yeah. all right. There's so two rookies, and there's two rookies. Yeah, that yeah, are playing in the other buys that we'll touch yeah. on quickly. So first is Sammy Butler. He's got the last buy, the coveted last buy, where I would desperately love rookies. Mid forward, 117k, so at a good price. But he's what a small forward that's kind of played over McDonald the last couple of weeks with McDonald resting. 18 week one, pretty poor, and then a 49 last week, even though he kicked what two goals. Um, could you could you bring in Sam Butler? Surely not, right? Even if he plays the next two weeks, we're going to get 20s or 30s out of him. Scoring job security seems a little shaky for my liking. I don't see myself bringing him in. Yep. Do you expect then, your man Connor McDonald to come straight back in, mate? It would be pretty funny if Sam Butler King Connor McDonald. Two weeks. <laughs> no, <laughs> you Connor, is, Connor is coming back, and he gonna give me seventy five in the buys. <laughs> all right, all right, that would be unjust, but okay. Uh, and then the other Preserved. one, he's got the first buy. 
Um, so Jesse Motlop, 117K. We've already talked about his job security potentially being a little bit shaky with Jack Martin coming back, but looked really good this week despite, uh, despite just scoring the 40 in Supercoach, and I think he had 34 in week one. He's the only other option, but I mean, it's a little bit like Butler. Job security, scoring potential, both seem low. Uh, probably just, and he's a small forward. They're both small forward. So it's it's really hard to downgrade to either of these guys, right? I liked his game. First half, he was balling, playing good. And then the second half, didn't see much of it, but nor did any of the Carlton plays, to be honest. Um, yeah, Sydney were just coming at him pretty hard. So I don't know if he holds or not because they got Jack Martin coming in. There might be a shuffle with like Carol or um, Motlop. I'm not sure who goes out. Um, I would take Motlop over Butler. But yeah, I'm not really in the market for a yeah small another forward rookie who's a forward a lot of the forward rookies have like just been bad this year but yeah yeah small forward first year player yep and and then just like the only other thing to consider as well there was exactly what one debutant of a rookie price this week which was jacob Ware, who scored a 51 and looked pretty good for gws if he holds his spot he's going to be an option but probably after his buy not someone you'd actually get this week yeah, uh, yep. it looks good. Like, yeah, it's looking slim picking. So I probably wouldn't anticipate to be trading rookies too much um, over the next week unless we get some really good debutants this week that you might be able to go early on. All right. Um, I think we are at the portion of the video. We'll jump into some Q&A. So I'm going to hand over to you, Eno, if you're ready to go. Otherwise, I'm yep. just going to fill time by talking slowly about random topics. We ticked over the hour. We're never going to get under an hour for the rest of the year. I don't see that happening. <laughs> um, but if you're still around here for the q and I'll scroll through all the lovely people in the Discord. Well, I say lovely, but um, <laughs> we'll see what they've, they've typed for me. <laughs> Which Discord's questions are you reading, Eno? It can't be ours. <laughs> uh, first from Gil, and I've got a prop here. Is, oh, is Gil, great. This man... Hey, <laughs> Shrek or gone on because it's going to absolutely suffocate me. But Shrek versus gone. If you were targeting, I guess your ruck trade in, who would it be? Donkey. No, I'd go. <laughs> is that gone? Um, is it? <laughs> <laughs> pretty much at this rate, gone's got a bounce, but he was good. Uh, if I had cover, probably Darcy quite easily. Yep. JD? I, I'm looking at going Priest to Darcy probably um, during that first buy. Like the, the crazy thing is in his last three games, 134, 51, 178. And the 51 was against the best ruck in the competition, which he doesn't face again. So 123 rounder, mate. That's fine. Yeah. So you only need still, the points. It doesn't matter when they come. He's still 121 three round average just despite dropping a 51. The only other like good ruck tandem, really, he's playing this week in the Ds. He's got them once more at the, towards the end. But yeah, after this week, 164 break even, Darcy's going to bottom out. I think I'll be targeting Darcy over Gorn just because of the Gorn knee strapping. Yep. Uh, there's another question pretty much similar. Is, yeah, is Proust to Darcy worth the trade? Like, we've got to see what Proust looks like, next right? Week. After his illness. Next week. So, yeah. 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 Don't do it this week. Do it next Should week. Should be fine. Yeah. And Bruce's uh, break even from memory is still like forty six or something. So yep. um, Darcy's going to lose money basically no matter what, unless he goes one seventy again. And Bruce is going to make money pretty much no matter what. So yep. like obviously the super coach gods will now curse that and it won't play out. But you should be able to do that trade for for a lot better value next week. 
maybe Proust shares with Flynn going forward because every time Flynn gets a chance, he does really well. He's good. Yeah. Yeah, he's yeah. good. He's good. It is annoying we didn't get that extra rise out of Prusy, but anyway. Could have different um, philosophy with the new coach as well that actually enables that. Best mid primo to trade in. Say, give me one. Led. Oh, there's no. Yeah. It's too expensive. Um, I like Samuel. Samuel. Just value or points? Because I mean. Yeah. Like Oliver, Oliver, I'll say Petrarca. Yeah, Petrarca's yeah, good value, five eighty-five. Um, Bailey Smith's good value at five fifty-two, but he's obviously going to become a forward. Um, Hately, yeah, Hately, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I think we've talked about a lot of the players we like, like Neil, Oliver, Mills, Laird, McRae, Petrarca. Uh, what? Like I don't mind Parish. I still don't mind Brayshaw. He's good value at five fifty four. Um, Took's okay, even though he's been up and down. Kelly could be an option off his buy. No, I think that's that's he could be. I mean, no. Kelly's best. Kelly's best is a one twenty player. Yeah, so. no. Okay, for me, up four times, not another one. All right. Well, I'm just <laughs> saying, if look at, if you're thinking outside the box, George. Um, yeah. Yep. Okay. Um, one from. Our man Klopp, who said, is Aaron Hall an option if named this week? <laughs> so on the one hand, seen, he he's done two hammies this in week. six months. Uh, worst injury record of the defenders, Klopp says, which is which is probably true. But he has a big ceiling, and if you only need him for two, you know, two, just a bit over two months, would you consider it? Okay. Considering so last from... year, he didn't go below like what one ten for the for the back half. Yeah, so for, for me, no. Um, like he's still one to two weeks away according to the injury list, which they can be off. Um, his break-even's 133, so I wouldn't be going on him this week anyway. I'd wait to see him get through a game, see how he looks, see what the role is, and then make a decision. If it's your last upgrade, I don't mind taking the risk there over some of these other options just because the scoring upside. George will George, say never again. Say absolutely never again, so let's move on. To hell um, with <laughs> He was good for us last year. Um, is it okay not to upgrade this week? Or the next, and have, have two rookies on field till after the first buy. Well, if you can't do anything, one. if you can't do anything, then yeah. I mean, I can't. I actually in that similar boat. I have. I think I have one rookie. I have Greg Clark. That's it. So yeah, oh, no, I take Greg Clark and McCartan. Sorry. So yeah, yeah I'm not doing anything. I've just got McCartan on the field. So I'd say it depends on who the rookie is. Like and rookies, I'd still be comfortable in fielding <laughs> and Whitfield. Uh, so rookies would be comfortable in fielding like Dacos, uh, like probably Clark and then McCartan are probably like the three, even like Nick Martin's probably roughly a fourth. If you're fielding anyone else, I'd probably be looking to still try and move them off the field this week. Yeah. Get Nick Martin off if you can. Yeah. Yeah. DeConning's still okay, even though we'll see if we can keep that up. He's prone to a bad game though. Like we've just seen he's got the low floor. Um, like he could be okay, but it's someone you'd rather loop than just straight field. Um, something we're maybe looking at is, is it worth sidewaysing Thompson to wear in, in round 13? I still don't know how to say it, but to avoid a donut. So say you had 17, he was playing. Would you sideways that for, what is it? Not even 20K downgrade? Yep. If you've got the trade. Is, is a trade worth the 50, 60 points? Well, I am in this boat and I can't because I don't have the trades. So no. I, I don't know if you have more than 16 trades. Yes. If you don't, no. Okay. Maybe even like 15 trades. I don't know. Just Fair like dude. figure out how many trades you're going to finish up with. 
if it's like more than four that you have left, then it should be right. Um, I ideally not do that um, as long as I could field enough players. So yep. yeah, yeah, because I'd rather have the the trade to sideways a primo later on in the year than sideways a rookie, which isn't going to net me any points. So yeah, it's just it's just a matter of like, can I field eighteen um, without sidewaysing Thompson? That'll be the deciding factor. Cool. Another sort of strategy one. Where do you need to be to still challenge for a top thousand in Supercoach? I mean, I don't think we we're going to claim to know the answer, but. Um, yeah, what do you boys think? Do you think uh, from where we sit, maybe more, I think George is probably a decent chance at his current rank, but me and JD or say you're sitting 15K to 20K, can you still get inside the top 1K, you think? Still a lot of work to do for me. I think I'm 400 outside, like almost exactly spot on. I'm at 6.9K and like 400 points almost exactly. So what's that? 12, 13 weeks left, make up 40 points a week. That's 400 points. No, I yep. can't do maths. It's, it's, it's a little two, bit less. Two, three, three, yeah. four, five. Fifty is points. The overall. Uh, so I'm like, I mean, yeah, it is fifty behind. I think yeah. you could do it from fifteen k. I definitely think you could. You have a good, good buy rounds, good team. You know, a lot of teams that are at the top right now. They have Tom Green, picks like that. Bra- Brayshaw is probably not a top eight as well. So I think you can make a little bit of ground on there. So. Yep. And also, if you can get access to Bont and Baz, I can't get one, but yeah. Yep. They also all have wits. <laughs> yeah. That's, well, uh, they've all got Sicily and Brody, and they're going to drop away from me. Yeah, well, that's what the gates told so you back, but yeah. yeah. For us, yeah, they so, all have wits. So. So, so I think the short answer is like probably even as far back as I am, 650 points, like you can. It's what, 65 points a week from here to the end of the year, right? So you know your captains. You have slightly better primos in place. Like I, I'm going to have Bont and Bailey Smith. Hopefully, others only have one. Um, maybe I've got Wits and Darcy, and I don't have Gone. That's a difference, and so I have to hope Gone fails. And then if like Sicily, Brody, regress. Like it's there's definitely a path where like I could get to top 1,000 or thereabouts, but it's unlikely. Like it's really hard from here. I feel like I've been trading good throughout the year for the most part, but my starting team was so bad, just that it's like really hard. It's possible though. You have to have. One, you have to take some calculated risks, and two, a lot of things have to go right with other teams like having problems um, for you to get there. Yep. I think for someone like um, George, he can probably be a little bit more conservative and still make it. Yep. Uh, I'm going to group these next two guys into the same similar question because there is quite a lot of them. Um, first one, JD's not going to like, and probably myself, but is it too late for Brody at 520K? Yes. And then Darcy Cameron is the next guy. So, yes. Um, yeah, too late. I mean, Brody's very expensive. Um, not very, but, you know, he's near enough, whereas the same as almost Baz and that. So it doesn't make a lot of sense. But I think the big thing with these two guys is they share the last buy. They're pretty much the only forward options that are good enough to warrant in being in your team because of that, with that last buy. So, um, yeah, I know you just hate that I said that. <laughs> uh, yeah, because I've got one of them that isn't going to be good for that. Yeah, anyway. So they've both been amazingly successful picks i think will brody's probably the pick of the year to be honest yeah. um like just Wits so is... good sure it's let's, brody let's have this, i know you're trolling this discussion <laughs> yes. the time, but yep uh, well i was looking at the stats today it's something like 98 of the top 100 teams have will brody it's like ridiculous 97 percent of the top 1000 have will brody Who the like, hell you don't, if you don't if you don't have guys, him, i actually want to i started him and traded him out yeah <laughs> traded him back in yeah <laughs> 
yeah. I mean, the same with yeah. Gorn, right? Like, yeah, anyway. So, oh, I, flamed you. so I didn't flame you, but I didn't like that at the time. But he's made another 170k. Yeah, I was well, walking like, to the MCG when I did that trade. It's so stupid. <laughs> um, anyway, yeah. Uh, so, like, I no, just I mean, the one back in. So they're both amazingly mm. successful trades, but honestly, oh, yeah. like at, at at Brody's price doesn't present value, and at Cameron's price, if Cox is back in the next week or two, he doesn't present value anyway. I think Cameron, you'd want to trade out the last buy for a dog's bid, and then Brody, you either hold as a F six or like potentially swap him. But like, you'd imagine both Bond and Bailey Smith are going to put ten or fifteen points on him from here to the rest of the year, and they're what thirty and fifty k more expensive. So yeah, like couldn't endorse picking up either of those. It's just not value anymore. Uh, people ask me every week, is it too late for Brody? And I say, yes, yes, yes. And it's like, when do <laughs> I gone. stop saying yes? Because yeah. he's, what's he priced at? Around 100 and he's averaging 105. So you can make a case that he is slightly underpriced. I just think it's time to he's just go. You've got five with... to come back and Frio's fixture gets harder from here. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So um, like, uh, like Melbourne I... and Brisbane, the next two. Yeah, I just go for Bot and Baz. I know buys are a thing, but just. I don't know. Find a way. Get bottom as. Yep. Um, we'll hold off for a couple more. Um, just scrolling here, seeing what's uh, been asked before. But um, if not bringing in Brayshaw this week, is it worth bringing in before his buy or after? Uh, I mean, I think Still before. it's a pretty good price. But it, you want it, yeah. That's what's good about him is the last buy. So you'd probably want him before, I'd say, George, if you wanted him. Yeah, we That's can't probably bring the better question. The you got to bring him this want week. Do, do you still want uh, him? That's probably the better question. Really, I keep saying contest doesn't have enough contested ball, which is weird because Mills doesn't. But Mills is just a pig, so I don't know. Yeah. Uh, so probably, like, I don't think he's top eight. So no. Spray's one one thirty nine break even coming into Melbourne. He's going to lose more money this week anyway. So yeah, I'd like. I don't see any reason why he wouldn't wait. But yeah, uh, yeah. you should you should be coming out of last by with a finished team. So I wouldn't be trading him in after that point. Like you still be trading him in, but maybe next week when he's a little bit cheaper or the week after. Cool. And we've got, I'll go one last one. Everything's pretty much been answered already in the pod or not, but Mo Salah, JD, wants this to you, mate. He said, please answer this specifically, JD. Who would you prioritize as an essential upgrade, Stuart or Mills? Either way, he wants um, both in the next fortnight. I mean, you've got to have a lot of money to be getting those guys, don't you? Well, I mean, Mo Salah is a what, big contracted player over there in England, isn't he? So Yeah, golden boot he's, winner. So. He's, he's probably got a little bit of money to hang on to a splash about. So I would prioritize, oh, this is tough. Because Mills has got Richmond this week, which has been traditionally like a pretty good matchup. Um, where Stewart has, what, Adelaide this week. And that's also like a really nice matchup. Stewart's break even is probably a little bit worse. Uh, and then has the dogs a week after. So I don't know. I think I'd probably sleep more comfortably having Mills of the two of them. I also yep. like, I guess like with um, Captain Vice Captain, which we'll go into a second, Mills is probably like a decent VC option this week where we're probably struggling a little bit for VC options. Yep. And one's a play early. Yep. Take yeah, George, I'll never say Stuart. I didn't need to ask you, mate. Um, yeah, I'll throw it back to you, JD. That's pretty much everything's been either already answered during the pod or was asked again. So, well, thanks it. everyone for your questions. Like, very fun and good to do as always. Like, makes us talk about some different things. So I love those. All right, uh, to close out, we will go through captain, vice captain uh, for the week. George, 
Who have you got the V on? Who have you got the C on? What are you weighing up? Um, don't copy me is all I'll say. Probably go VC nil into Oliver because I think they're the top two mids this year. So surely one of them can do good. And then like the dogs, I don't think Dunkley's captain option is too much forward, although he can go big. And then McRae's like, is he going to score 130 this week or is it somebody else? So I'll go I mean, Neil VC yeah. into... McRae was oh, 137 oh. in both his games against West Coast last year, I believe. Yeah, the issue is is all the guys are available right now. So I do get the skepticism with George about the C on them because you could cop the guy that gets the lowest mid-time of the week. But um, yeah, I'm going VC Clary into McRae or even Bazlinka. <laughs> See what I, I decide. But... I don't think I envisage getting past Clary again against Frio. They've been pretty average at the moment. So I see the merit in Neil, but I don't know. I think they go to him again. Don't They love yep. going to him, don't they? Yeah, so I'm putting the VC on yeah. Neil. This week I got burnt by like jumping off Oliver's 99 as a captain. I missed out on the 178 where like if I didn't know that he'd scored a 99 the week before, I would have done that. And I think it's probably the same with Neil. Back him as a vice captain option in the in the hopes that they don't tag him and he can go large. And then for the captain option, I'm putting on someone that is averaging 131 over the last five rounds. He's gone over 134 of the five last games. Um, and his other score was 113. And he's playing at number six ruck this week um, in Kaziski. So, um, yeah, with I believe there's going to be no Reeves, no Lynch, no McAvoy. All so right. Wits, captain, <laughs> is, uh, is I think where I'm going to run this week. It's going to go massive, isn't he? We can't make ground. What's the hitter's advantage record? I worry for that. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy. All right. Well, uh, closing thoughts then, Eno? Oh, it's going to be so hard to do everything in my power not to get Marcus this week. <laughs> Got to get Marcus. George is going to tell me a million times, but I just oh, want to oh, George of all people. Wait, so by the way, so last by, week, all, okay. all no, week, George, all week, George was like, oh. no, nah, trade Cogs, trade Cogs, trade Cogs. No, no, and no, then, no. And then he didn't trade Cogs. No. And then this week, he's going to be no Marcus, no Marcus, no Marcus. No, no, and no. then you're going to look at his team after lockout and Marcus will be in there. He's <laughs> going to He didn't only say he was trading Cogs. After he no. didn't, and Cogs was on 90, he was going, you were Never trading cogs, Luke. Yeah, it's so obvious. It's so obvious. <laughs> the biggest troll. He had because his of... rights on Sunday. He was gone. <laughs> I do that every week. I trade oh, out no, my worst no. performing player. I traded out Butters. I traded out Brody, although I did go through with that, unfortunately. Um, <laughs> yeah. Traded Gorn. I trade out my worst players. I can't help it. But that's the thing. I have time to think about it. New coach, all that. Yeah. Oh, yeah, George, very happy your closing runs. thought for the week. Ah, <laughs> uh, go Cogs! <laughs> Always believed. Always believed. <laughs> and Haley, okay, I want to shout out Adama and Hump for trading in Haley, finishing uh, their midfield off. Good, good. That's goal. actually big balls. So well done. Yeah. <laughs> oh, like there was people that jumped on Sicily this week, which like I didn't have the guts to do. So like props to them for doing that. That's like I'll thank impressive. you, George, too, mate, for convincing me on DC. I didn't really want to go there, but that's probably saved me really. <laughs> so oh, I'll give you I that, mean, mate. That's all right. Mason Cox, don't worry about him. Yeah, he, we'll take him. Get, out, there, get but... out of the way, mate. Yeah. <laughs> we'll take it. Go home. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, and then shout out to George because uh, I think Lapinski's got a six point 
um, average lead over Rao for the year so far. So um, after a slow start, he's definitely taken the the edge there. So yeah, we haven't given updates on that one for a while, but with Rao's stinker this week, um, who Bowie's on that must trade list. Yeah, props oh, to George yeah. for, for never relenting on his boy Lipinski, but believing in the whole time. <laughs> oh, wait, you traded him out too, didn't you? Oh, Just... <laughs> he scored under 80. What do you want? Yeah. Get out. What's going on? He gets 30 and he can't ton. Hey, he was He's been like 30 touches better a game in the wet now. than I expected. I know. Yeah. 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 Anyway. Uh, all right. Well, thank you, everyone, for joining in for another sub one-hour podcast. We've enjoyed your company, <laughs> your questions. We'll see you in the Discord uh, and wishing everyone a good week ahead.